A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy, happy Saturday. Saturday. And yeah, I guess let's just tell them about the show, what we've got going. Okay. And then we'll get into the nonsense that we normally put at the beginning. Perfect. We'll do a <laughs> we'll little business first and then nonsense. <laughs> so today on the show, we're going to be dealing with junk or talking about dealing with junk. Yes. Lots of us collect it. Lots of us don't want it. And lots of us don't know exactly how to get rid of it easily. We're going to talk about all of that and maybe yeah. give you some some options. resources to look into. We're also going to be talking about trim, painting trim, whether you should or shouldn't. Yeah, also be, the color that you can paint trim. Right. Because you're really not limited here. Right. A lot of people think it's just white. But actually, the trends are pushing in a different direction. And we're going to talk about all of that. But right now... Let's get back to the nonsense. And it's really not nonsense. No. This is pretty serious stuff, it's actually. serious stuff. Well, the, the main topic is serious. The okay. way that I get to the main topic, Will be nonsense. that's the nonsense. But we have been, my kids and I, and Maggie, the dog, mm-hmm. have been walking through all these little natural areas. Yeah. And that has been so much fun. We just go out there and there's birds everywhere. There's all kinds of nature. It's yes. like I'm Snow White as a guy. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. They all like, just flock they to you. They flock to me. You know, it's they're almost perching on my finger and singing mm-hmm. to me and bringing me little treats and stuff. It's not quite like that, but it's really pretty fun. close. It's it's pretty close. I'm that likable, <laughs> you know, not outside even of the, the human species. But the other thing that really likes you. Yes. Ticks. Ticks. Unbelievable. And then I just read that apparently the population is just exploding in Michigan. Well, it makes sense because we've gone to this place to walk for a couple years now. And this is the first time that the ticks have been literally insane. And this last time I went, which was last weekend, was to test it all out and figure out, okay, maybe the kids wandered off the trail. Sure. Because we're not supposed to do that. Stay Mm -hmm. on the trail. Avoid the ticks. I stayed on the trail. I followed every rule there was to follow. And I still got back to the truck with ticks. Wow. So they really like you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The downside of this gift, I guess. It's the downside of just one of my gifts. <laughs> There's a lot of downsides to a lot of the gifts I've got. Some of them have very few upsides. But looking at this, it's really been frustrating because it's taken a huge chunk of fun. Yeah. You out don't of this time that we spend outside. stress about that. And I think it's just getting worse because of weather. You know, the winters aren't as cold and birds are migrating differently now and they're dropping off more ticks along the way. (laughs) And yeah. So what do you do about it? You know, one thing you can do is to avoid all of these spaces entirely. That's no fun, though. That is zero fun. And so we thought we'd talk about a few practical things. First off, just be aware if you're not already. Right. They're really crazy bad. And we have found them. You know, I think the biggest thing that we've ended up with is the dog will get them. Maggie will get Mm -hmm. them. And we find them outside and we get them off of her. But there's always ones we miss. Yeah, and they end and up then in, in the house, house. Right. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. Well, and that's the most common tick we have in Michigan. It's named the dog tick. Um, 75% of them are that species, which is good and bad. I mean, a lot of us have dogs, so they're bringing them to us. But they're not typically the kind that carry Lyme disease. So we're avoiding that a little bit. But we still have to be really careful because they do carry other diseases. Right. So definitely for your pets, of course. I mean, anybody who's a pet owner most likely is already aware of this and doing it. 
but just be diligent with it. Get them to the vet. Do what you need to do. Make sure that you're taking care. Make sure you're checking them after walks and stuff like that. But with you, you know, the kids, we actually did all of that. We did the whole thing. The kids made sure they were tick free. And yet we'd find them four hours later crawling up our arms while we're busy trying to watch a movie. Yeah, I thought there were some good tips on the Michigan.gov website. You know, wear light colored clothing so that you can spot them more easily. Wear long pants and long sleeves. I like the trick of tucking your pant legs into your socks because then they can't crawl up the pant leg. I am going to get some kind of leotard or unitard type thing with leggings and I'm going to wear that (laughs) over top of my clothes. I'll be excessively lumpy. Just wear a hazmat suit when you're walking. Well, that's that's silly. Nobody would want to walk around in a hazmat suit. Well, the painter suits, I mean, those are white too, so it'd be perfect. It'd be easy to find the ticks. Yeah. And I would look like some kind of professional. True. People would think something. And I would probably clear my like path in front of me. <laughs> clean up professional, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, what's happening in this park? Okay. I'm gonna get one of those. That might work. <laughs> but check it out. What another thing that we found is throwing the clothes in the dryer for an hour. Yep. Just to make sure that we've done everything we could because we think we got them all. Yeah, and shower afterwards too, because I mean, hopefully. Yeah. It's so frustrating. The other uh, last week Sunday, we had a terrible day, and the kids pointed out that it's very fortunate that this was me that caused this problem okay. that happened, and not anybody else. Because they said anybody else would have been in big trouble. With me, it just it was an accident, children. But anyway, uh, Hannah, who's our designated tick spotter, mm-hmm. we can look Maggie over, we can look anybody over, and then Hannah finds five ticks that we all missed. So Hannah scopes out everything. While Sunday morning, she finds a tick on Maggie. So I came to get it. And of course, I'm squeamish. Yeah. <laughs> I grabbed yeah. it. Yeah. Everybody else grabs them and disposes uh, of them. No, I would be squeamish. I grab it and I get halfway across the room and I'm thinking, I've got them pinched in my fingers mm-hmm. and I figure he's probably boring into my hand at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to just peek at him and make sure he's not boring in. And he looks at me the minute I loosened up my fingers and jumps out of oh my, my hand. Gosh. There he is on my carpet. So I quick ran. I was going to get a flashlight. So I could make sure I got him. By the time I got back, he's gone. Disappeared. Yeah. We got the whole family on the floor with flashlights trying to find the stupid tick. So don't let them even get into your house because it's not fun when they do. No. There's chaos. Right. Again, it's lucky it wasn't a child who did that. Yeah. And some of them can actually breed inside too. A lot of them, yeah, won't do that. But Well, and the diseases are serious diseases. Lyme disease, um, Rocky Mountain fever. Mm -hmm. I've known... A person that had Lyme disease, they didn't catch it right away either and ended up with the Bell's palsy. Or what is that called? Bell's palsy? Bell's palsy. How long did they have it? Well, I guess I was reading that you've got to have it for a few weeks or months um, untreated for it to get that serious. But okay. if you look out for the things like, you know, fever, chills, headache, you know, muscle soreness, usually you'll find a rash. <laughs> Then you can usually catch it. Okay. But the important thing is to t- check yourself for the ticks, and if they have, you know, burrowed, removing them correctly so that you're not leaving the head behind. What is the correct way to remove them? Well, I guess there's special tweezers that you should have, and it helps tick you, tweezers. Yeah, grip right near, you know, the base of them or where they're at on your skin, so that you okay. can pull the entire tick out and not leave the head behind. But 
you know, the website does also say that you should probably get a professional to do it for you if they have burrowed, All right. um, just to avoid any risk. We'll put links to this document in the show notes. It's really worth checking out, especially if you spend a fair amount of time outside, if you've got pets that also spend that time outside. Yeah. Frolicking. Pesticides work, right? You know, DEET, spray yourself down, or um, if you want to go the natural route, the oil of lemon eucalyptus will work too. Well, and and we're going to test a number of these things because I do have the superpower to attract ticks. We're going to see if we can find something that actually allows me to repel them. And if it does, we'll report back on what worked the best. Definitely. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to dig into that trim project. Yeah, it's a good one. The first part is going to just be whether or not you should paint it in your home. There's pros, there's cons. To paint or not to paint. We'll weigh all of that when we come back. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, I didn't realize you were quite the hypocrite that you've turned out to be. Whoa. Now, those sound like fighting words. Because <laughs> they are. <laughs> it was all meant to be a joke, but it didn't come off that way. Here's what I'm getting at. Here's what I'm getting at. You're looking at new houses. Yes. You can tone the glare down just a little, just a little, or put sunglasses on. I'm just curious. No, I'm just curious. So you've been looking at new houses. It's been quite a ride. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a struggle. Yes. Huge struggle. And on one of them, you were so happy and you told me about... It, when you were looking at it, you actually wrote a letter. I'm pulling out all the stops now. Yeah. You know, trying to tug at the heartstrings a little at this point <laughs> so you to get my foot letter. in the door. <laughs> right. Wrote a letter, and you just talked about, uh, very honestly, the things about the house that yeah, you love. exactly. And one of those things was what? This house was, like, right across the street from a park. I don't know. No. The trim. Oh, okay. Yeah. The trim. No, I, what, I actually thanked them for what? For not painting the yes. trim. And what are we going to talk about right now? Painting was, the trim. Painting the trim, <laughs> which brings me full circle back to... I'm a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. Do you agree? <laughs> no. Okay. That's fine. I don't think you're a hypocrite. <laughs> but I do think it is funny that you it love... It was in really great shape. It was an old house and, and it got good lighting. So it was appropriate and I'm glad that they left it original. Well, and I think that's really good for this topic because we do want to talk about painting trim. Mm-hmm. But there is this other side of it that we're not recommending that every single piece of trim should be painted. Right. Because we also sell stain and varnish. Yeah. True. We can help you with that too. No. If it fits the home and all of that, it can really look great. Exactly. Restored to what it was originally. But in some instances, you know, maybe the wood isn't in great shape. Yeah. If or... you don't want it to be the focal point or if they've changed things out over time, you know, People do crazy things to homes, so it might not all be the original stuff. It might start and stop. It might be painted in some rooms and not others. How do you unify a space if you've got all these breaking points now? Right. So let's talk about painting trim because I'm sure most of us, or at least many of us, are looking at homes right now and wondering about rooms in particular or, you know, do we do it here? Do we tackle it here? Where do we start and stop? I mean, there's so many questions. What colors do we use? Yeah. Should I do it? You're kind of those... opening up Pandora's box with trim. Right. And so we're going to try to cover that in a couple segments here. And we're going to start with just addressing straight off the bat, 
should I even do this in the first place? Yeah, because I think that there's pros and cons, and obviously it comes down to personal preference. But one positive is that if that house didn't get the light that it did, I might have painted it just to bring more light into the space because it's a lot of dark trim. It can actually help brighten up a space if I were to paint it white. It will also unify a space. My current home, I've got different kinds of trim. Different types of wood and different shapes oh, yeah. in different rooms. They had an, a, an addition put on and tricky. they got as close as they could. Exactly. The yep. color is kind of close. But once you see that it's not the same. You can't unsee it. No, it's very annoying to me. And I keep thinking that at least one solid color through everything is going to help minimize. Plus, this opens up a lot of design options, too, because when we talk about painting trim, we're not just talking about white trim. And we're not just talking about a bunch of different off-whites that you can yeah, choose. Yeah, true. <laughs> really, if there's a world of color options available, and we're seeing more and more of that in trim. Yep. And we're going to get to that in Very the second in half style. of this segment. Those are some positives. On the downside, yeah. you know, it is a big project to jump into, and it's not permanent, <laughs> but really... You know, I guess I should say it's technically not permanent. Technically. Technically. But practically removing paint from trim and restoring it is is a really big project. Yeah, so most people avoid that. You want to be sure that you're good with this moving forward before you start it. So that is something to consider. Something else is that it's going to get banged up and it's going to show those marks. Yeah, I mean, quicker. the nice thing about wood is that it has all the different grain undertones yeah. and it changes Color variations so it actually hides both dirt and dings <laughs> right and it's protected by a clear coat so mm-hmm. scratches and stuff often just remove a clear coat leaving right. the color in the wood the paint's going to be the opposite the color's going to be on the top and a scratch can remove that and leave that darker wood showing through you'll see it quicker right it shows dirt faster it's not going to get dirtier any faster no it just shows show it, it more. so <laughs> All of those things are things to consider when you're painting it. There's a little more maintenance in that regard, but you gain the positives. Yes. Now it's up to you to decide where you fall and what you decide to do. If you decide that painting it's the thing, that's what you want to jump into, it's really a relatively straightforward project. Yeah, there's not a ton to do here. You just want to do it right. So the first thing to do is clean it, sand it, and then clean it again. And that's not a repeated step. Right. You're cleaning the trim so that you're removing any wax, um, grime, oils that might get kind of scrubbed into the trim when you're sanding. Same thing when you're doing cabinets. Yep. We would talk about cleaning them first to degrease them. Exactly. But if you sand that in, well. You've kind of defeated the whole purpose of this. Right. So as Haley said, do a cleaning, do a light scuff sanding. And that scuff sanding, if you're using the right primer can really be relatively light. You're not trying to remove the finish or take it down to bare wood, just trying to give the primer somewhere to bite into. Just a little tooth. Some primers to think about, Repcolite's Quicksand, um, we've talked about it very recently, but it's going to be a multi-purpose primer that actually works really well for this type of situation because it actually bonds really well. And because when you're working on trim and really smooth surfaces, sometimes you do want to go back and sand any brush marks or drips that you might have in this, like it says... You can sand very quickly. Yeah, sands really well. Another option when it comes to picking a primer for your trim would be sticks from Benjamin Moore. It's a bonding primer. Bonds to hard to hard to paint surfaces is really exactly. what it's for. Yeah. And with both of these, we'd still recommend a light scuff sanding just because it's a great insurance policy to give you the best foundation to work on. Right. You only want to do it once. Well, you only generally get a chance to do it once. <laughs> and so you don't want to blow it. 
So using the primer, the right primer, is really key. And, you know, we, we go back and forth or hear about these paint and primers all in one all the time. Yeah, the there's industry. not primer inside of the paint, though. It's just paint. It's just regular paint. And it's a high-quality paint, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But really, any high-quality acrylic paint like that is going to function as a paint and primer all in one. It's really marketing. It's essentially saying that if you have a painted wall and it's in good condition, you do not have to prime it before painting it again. It's very interesting. If you pull the data sheets on some of these paint and primer Mm all-in-ones, there are plenty of circumstances where they say, you're going to use this primer, (laughs) that primer, blah, blah, blah. And this is one of those instances. Exactly. You want to use the right primer. So quicksand from Repcolite is great. Sticks from Benjamin Moore, another great option. Finish paint is also key. Yeah, Optima is going to be a great one to talk about because it's brand new. And it's one of the best paints that Repcolite, or maybe even the best. Well, yeah, we had Dan Altina, the president of the company. So he can say stuff and it's all on him. But yeah, he was saying it's the technology we're using in that is about as cutting edge as you're going to find anywhere. Optima from Repcolite, perfect for this. Advance from Benjamin Moore. It's kind of my favorite, actually. It's really easy to work with. Yeah. It brushes out so nicely. I really like it. And it's a hybrid paint. So essentially, it's got benefits of both oil and water. It's a modified Elkid. Right. It applies like an oil-based paint does. stays wet a little longer. It self-levels really well. It's really hard. Really hard. And yet it cleans up with soap and water. And it's low VOC. So you're getting all the things. Really, really easy to work with. You're going to get great results. You can get almost sprayer-like finishes. Exactly. I painted cabinets with it, trim, and I'm really always impressed at how well it levels. Yeah, during the lockdown, I had a friend who never painted, didn't do much painting at all, did the cabinets with advance, and the feedback I got was that was the best paint they'd ever used. Wow. Because they got such great results with it. Just yeah. self-leveled so beautifully. Well, because, I mean, why we're talking about brush marks and self-leveling is because these are really ultra smooth surfaces. We're not worried about this when we're rolling paint on the walls because there's already texture there. It hides any texture that we're leaving behind. But with trim, <laughs> it's right. going to show smooth. everything. Right. So definitely want to pick the right product. ScuffX is one more that we should mention. We always talk about it for walls. It resists scuffing unlike anything we've ever seen. And we've seen a lot of our contractors start using it on trim and cabinets. And yeah, really have successfully. Had great success with it. So any of those options, Optima, Advanced, ScuffX, all would work great. Basically, if you're going to jump into a project like this, stop out at any Repcolite Port City Paints ahead of time, talk it through. We'll help you Figure out which products are best for you, what steps you need to take, and we'll get you on the right path. Now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to dig into the whole color thing. The fun part. The fun part, (laughs) because there's all kinds of colors out there, and we're also going to address one of the bigger questions that always comes up with trim, Uh, and it's where do I start and stop, Mm -hmm. and what do I have to paint? We'll get to all of that just ahead. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, Haley, we just ended this last segment talking about painting trim and all of those things, and I am trying to head off the emails that are probably furiously being typed right now because I called you out at the beginning of last segment for being a hypocrite. hypocrite. Yeah. Was I being serious? You're going to play this up. (laughs) I should have double checked. 
it was a joke and you know it <sighs> yeah anyway let's talk about color because that's a huge part of any any painting project at all it's probably yes the most important part in well, my mind get, okay in your mind right you got to get the right product but if you get the right product in the wrong color does it really matter no did you really win no, no. So color is huge. And with trim, the tendency is maybe to think it's white, right? You just pick a white and you run with it. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it's just never that easy, is it? Just one white in the world. And that's what you used on their trim. Not the case. No. Hundreds of whites. (laughs) Different undertones and things like that. How do you pick the right one? And what happens if you don't? Is there a big deal? It can be a big deal. Yeah. Depending on the situation. Um, a good example I can think of is if you've got like yellow or really creamy wall colors and then you pick a white that has a blue or strong gray undertone, it's going to look kind of funky next to your super warm walls. Ideally, you would pick out a white that has a slightly yellow undertone so that transition is a lot smoother. So yeah, it makes a difference. So picking the right white is is a big deal. It's not straight up easy. You don't just walk in and say, I want pure white. Not straight up easy. Why not? Why not pure white? Just out of the can. <laughs> just give me white. Just give me white. I don't need any tint in it. Why well, would we not want to do that? The brightest, purest white out there is Chantilly Lace by Benjamin Moore, and it has the smallest amount of color impossible. But the downside to that is that it's not the highest hiding white now. Um, typically... A premixed white, if that's what we're looking for, just white in a can right mm-hmm. off the shelf, mm-hmm. it's actually going to have a little bit more gray in it to help it hide better. That little bit of color, it makes a big difference, actually. But that, again, is not just white. Now you've got yeah, it a leans... white with gray. Right, definitely. <laughs> and Chantilly Lace, being the brightest, purest white with very little colorant or very little gray, it's not going to hide as well, but also it's going to look a little stark and it's going to show things a lot easier. If you touch cabinets that are bright white and you've got anything on your hands, you're going to see it a lot faster than if it had a little bit of color there to help you. See, to me, I think the bigger deal, I know all that. So the bigger deal is just the starkness of it. Honestly, I bet a lot of people are hearing us talk about these whites and they're thinking about creams Mm -hmm. and we're not talking about that. It doesn't have that much color in it. No. It's still going to read white. You're going to look at it and it's going to seem like white. Exactly. But when you've got one of these stark whites... It's in your face white. Yeah, it almost just looks like you put primer on the trim and didn't finish it in some ways. So it's good to find these whites with the right undertones. How do you find the undertones? You've got to compare them, really. Yeah, I think comparing and contrasting is the easiest way to pull colors out of whites that are next to each other. So if you just pick, you know, three whites off of the color chip rack and put them right next to each other, you're going to be able to pull out the undertones by comparison the other really great thing is that the Benjamin or color chip racks are actually built with a white shelf at the bottom exactly for this purpose. <laughs> so you have something that's a clean white surface on the background. You can compare the white that you're laying on top of it very easily now so that you can see if it has a yellow undertone, a pink undertone, and go from there. So if we had to say there's one white out there that would maybe be really easy to work with, kind not maybe not foolproof, but... White Dove. White Dove yep. from Benjamin Moore. It's probably the most popular white over time. It's the one I most often recommend because it's so neutral. Um, all whites are thought of as neutral, right? It's a neutral color. But if it has a strong undertone, it doesn't actually lend itself as a neutral. If it has a strong yellow undertone, 
that's not necessarily a neutral white. A neutral white means that it's got both parts. It's got the warmth, but it also has the cool parts too, like the gray. White Combine Dove those. combines all of those exactly. together. Exactly. So you can put it next to a gray. You can also put it next to a yellow, and it works for either situation. All right. So that's white. And that alone is pretty complicated, it seems. But we'll help yeah, you knew? get there. Right? <laughs> Any of the stores, we've got people there who will help you with colors and help you get what you want. But now we're going to make it even more complicated. Yeah, because it's not the only option. Actually putting color on your trim is becoming more and more of a thing. Yeah, it's really trendy right now. It has been actually for years, but I think it's making its way to the Midwest finally. And you can use colors like blue, green, yellow, gold. Gray and black are still going to be good neutrals on trim colors. I think probably the most popular is, you know, white walls. And now you've got a light gray trim, so you're kind of flipping the script a little bit. Um but yeah, you're not confined to just white. So where in the world can I use this? Would I put it through the whole house? That I struggle with. I struggle to see how I would pull that off with everything. And I'm nervous because of what we talked about at the beginning of the last segment where we mentioned that it's not permanent technically, yeah. <laughs> but practically redoing it, it's a big amount of work. So if I go and I put green through everything, mm-hmm. In a couple years, when I'm sick of green on everything, I got a lot of work. So I might not want to put it everywhere. Can I just sequester it to one room or highlight one room? Easy to do it in a bedroom or an office because it's a really defined space. It can just be in that room and you don't have to carry it through the entire house now. It's just a feature in that room. So can it work in any of those rooms? I would think that the trim's got to be, what would you call it? It's got to be significant. Well, you've got to have feature-worthy trim. Feature-worthy. That's what I want. Because that's the whole point of this, is that you're making the trim the feature in the room, not the walls. Right. So if the the trim is simplistic in the the home, small, you might want to consider sticking to white, you know, keeping it relatively traditional. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to draw your eye to something that isn't going to be able to... Carry that. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to hold your attention. why I wear clothing that allows me to blend in to the people around me. (laughs) If I stood out, it'd be utterly ridiculous. Not feature worthy. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You didn't have to... See, that's so much harsher. That's why it's funny, Dan. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) You put the words out there. When I throw stones, even in fun, I feel bad. I don't think you feel bad at all, do you? That's fun to you, isn't it? Hmm. It is. I can tell. So make sure your trim is feature worthy. And what about starting and stopping it? What do I do with that? And and let me ask that question differently. Because starting and stopping it is one thing, but you did say we're putting it in a singular, you know, one room. Yep. But what wood gets painted when I'm doing something with color like this? Do I do every door? Do I do, you know, because now I've got the casings around the windows. What about the window themselves? Where do I start and stop with? This color thing. You need to consider your room. I mean, the windows that you have, for example, I know, are the vinyl windows that look like wood. Pretty nice stuff. (laughs) Top of the line. So if you're painting the trim and the inside of the windowsill, let's say you're painting it green, for your example. um, You don't necessarily have to paint your window green. It's okay to stop there. I don't think you should get into painting vinyl. And if it were wood, I still think it could just be wood 
So I'm okay to leave the wood there. Yeah. Closet doors. That's a lot of green. It is a lot of green, but if you're making this choice, it's so that it's the feature, right? Do I have to paint it, though? Do I have an option? I mean, of course we have an option. It's America. It's kind (laughs) of our thing. But design-wise, are people going to think that I'm a loser? A loser? (laughs) Loser. (laughs) Can I leave the doors unpainted, or do I need to go to the green, or can I bring another color in? That seems like that'd be crazy. Um... I mean, nothing is really off the table. It's your space, you know, do what Iris would do. But I think if you're going to paint the trim, typically it means that you're going to paint the woodwork or the casework the same color. So the baseboards are the color, the trim around the door is the color, the door itself is the color, the window sill is that color. But if it doesn't make sense, if you have wood doors if you have a wood window that you want to leave intact that's okay there's a clear stopping point then all right now that makes sense one last thing before we wrap it up talk you know the same idea about starting and stopping how do we you know if we're doing more of the house with our trim that is one of the things people struggle with they look at the space not sure what to do with it i mean especially if it's not you know if it's outside of a singular room what do i do am i am i locked into painting all of it no, you don't have to paint all of it. Um, the good rule of thumb is when you're, okay, let's say you're entering the front door mm-hmm. and you're walking through your home from that point. So the way that you would normally move through the space. The I color, normally come in through the window because okay. we have left the keys somewhere <laughs> right. else. But either way, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yes. The way that you typically move through the space. So the color that you see first is the dominant color. Okay. That is the color that should be wrapped around the corner not the other way around. Okay, so do you have an example? Just I know it's tricky. I know you're trying to describe a home that is in your head. Yes. Put it in our heads. Help okay. us understand. Let's use a door for an example right now. Let's say it's a door in the hallway and you've got the bedroom on the other side and you're painting that trim green. Mm-hmm. The hallway trim is white. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at a doorway, you have the trim that is framing the door but then you also have the door jam. And the trim and the door jam are kind of connected. It's hard to tell where you start and stop with those two colors. So because we're talking about a hallway and a bedroom, you're going to encounter the hallway first, right? You've got to walk through the hallway to get to the room. I can't teleport (laughs) yet. Maybe someday. So that white being the dominant color is the one that you would wrap into the door jam. The green would remain on the inside of the bedroom. So you're going to have to you know, tape a line on that trim so that you do not enter the door jam with the green. Okay. All right. We'll put something in the show notes, a a couple of sketches. Yeah. You're an artist of sorts. (laughs) I guess you sculpt. Yeah. We can't really sculpt anything. So we'll put some sketches in the show notes that will show you what we're talking about. Something will be there. Yeah. And otherwise, (laughs) stop out at any of the Repcolider Port City paint stores. Talk about what you're doing. Ask your questions. These are all big things, and it really slows people down on a project. They don't jump in because we're not sure how to pull them off. There is a right way. We'll help you find it. And honestly, we'll even help you make your own right way if we have to do it that way. And if you're thinking about painting trim a color, and let's say you've got wallpaper in the room that you're trying to match, you can bring a piece of that wallpaper in for us so that we can help you pull a trim color out of that piece. Right. We can help with all of that. Just step out at any Repco Light or Port City Paints. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we're back, 
we're going to be talking about how to clear the junk out of my barn. Let's do that. And then we're going to have a list of sign-up people who want to come help. It's not essential, but I'd really like it. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was walking around the house and doing a number of different things, and I started to find a whole series of new problems that I get to deal with, which is really fun for me. Yeah, it's really love problem fun. solving. No, I've got a utility shed full of junk. Mm-hmm. I've got a two-stage snowblower in there, great big one, doesn't work anymore. Two lawnmowers. Now, this is a small utility shed. That don't work? Yeah, they don't work. Wow. And I've got other lawnmowers that do work. And those are in another place. (laughs) I need to clean out the shed so I can put the lawnmowers in there. All right? That's just the beginning of the problem. Because then I get in the house and the girls are talking about redoing their room. And Mm -hmm. that's all well and good. You know, we'll pick some colors and all of that. But what they want is they've got one great big queen-sized bed, mm-hmm. and they want twin beds. Yeah. All right? So that means I've got the enormous, like like the super thick queen-sized mattresses to deal with, you know, in the box spring. Yeah. All of that is complicated stuff to deal with. Now- And you mentioned you have exercise equipment that will never be used again. You had to bring that up. <laughs> I think everybody has exercise equipment that will never, ever be used again. But yes, I've got some. And I've just, got some. And you know what? I'm so sick of it because it sits there. Now, I know Mocking these th- you. Yes. Yeah. I know these things don't have personalities. I understand that. I know they don't have thoughts or feelings. But mine might. Because the way it looks at me when I move through, it's telling me. I need to do some of this exercise and stuff. Judging. So I want it out of here. Get that out of my home. And just a lot of stuff. What do I do with it? it? Just get rid of it. It's easier. (laughs) But, you know, I've got a truck. I can haul a lot of this stuff. But the thing is, like the mattresses. Yeah. That's complicated. I'm going to have to have somebody up there holding them down while we're going around the curves. And I don't think that's cool anymore. When I was little, you could just throw a kid up there. Right they hold that stuff down. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You can't don't really do that, see anymore. that anymore. Probably shouldn't have done it then. But, no. <laughs> but you can't. So anyway, all of these things pile up, and really, it has slowed down projects. It's it's you know the barn is just annoying because mm-hmm. I can't store things in well, it. And you've like got like, like to like crawl over this stuff to right. get to other stuff. That's a pain. But literally, the brakes are on these bedroom redos because oh, sure. I have no idea what to do with the stuff. So I thought, let's solve that today on the on show. Air. We're yeah. at least going to get me the information I need. And hopefully somebody listening finds value in this too. Yes, But if I'm not, sure. at least I'm helped. So as we dug into it, you mentioned right off the bat, kind of like kings. I was a dope, yeah. that I should have thought about junk hauling companies. And right. you mentioned... Junk Kings. They're a national franchise. I used them when I was out in Portland a couple times. And it's really easy because their website has like an online quote form. So you can actually select all of the items that you might possibly have for them to pick up. Um, They'll give you a quote for that. Or if you've got like amorphous junk, like yard waste and you're I don't amorphous know, gutting junk? a house. Is that what you said? Yeah. Amorphous, like all <laughs> kinds of different junk. Mm-hmm. All right. Like yard waste or I don't know, you're gutting a house and you have like carpet and flooring and things like that that don't fit into a nice category. Mm-hmm. Um, you can select how, I guess you can estimate 
how many pickup trucks you think it would take to do it yourself. <laughs> and then that Send will the give you an estimate. Because um, I guess one of their trucks is like six pickup truck beds. Okay. Because it's a big, giant dump right. truck. So there that's are, how you can estimate it. There are ways that you can get at least an estimate of a price and see yeah. once what you're looking at. Junk haulers, they will come and get the stuff out and take it to where it should be. They'll mm-hmm. get rid of appliances. An old refrigerator that you don't know what to do with, they'll deal with it responsibly. Hot tubs. Yeah. We were reading about those getting hauled away. It's a pain. Junk Kings is one in Grand Rapids. Mike's Junk Hauling in Holland is another yeah. source. The College Hunks, we oh, see those yeah. signs I've all over. That. And we looked up Google reviews and the reviews are really good. So they'll help move, but they'll also haul junk, too. So might want to check them yeah. out. We don't know any of these companies. Right. So do your research before you jump in, but definitely something to consider. It's way more convenient than loading it yourself. I mean, because you do have a pickup truck now, you could technically. And I've been going to the gym. Right. So I can pick these things up one-handed now <laughs> and just put them in. But And that's what I wanted to get to next. Some of this stuff can be hauled ourselves, but we still don't know always where to go with it. Yeah. For example... You know, the, the the lawnmowers and the snowblower. Let's deal with that one. I didn't realize. I, I should have known. I guess I did know that this was out there. Mm-hmm. Metal recyclers. Yeah. But I didn't realize how simple the process was. Okay. I assumed that I could take the snowblower, the lawnmowers, and bring it to a scrap metal place. Yeah. And I did actually assume that they'd pay me for that. But I also assumed that I had to break it down into little pieces. Uh, okay. And I didn't want to get into that. No. So finally, I just dug into it and made a phone call, you know. Pretty big of me doing that research. <laughs> Made a simple phone call and talked to somebody at uh, the Padnos location, the Black River location in Holland. And it is so simple. All I need to do is bring the devices down there, the lawnmowers, the snowblower. I don't have to do anything other than that. Show up while they're open. I don't mm-hmm. have to make an appointment. I don't have to strip the machine down. I just have to make sure there's no battery in it and no fluids in it. Yeah, it's That's so simple. They'll pay me for it. And it's it. kind of fun, too, because you get to drive onto a giant scale weigh the truck with all the stuff in it and then unload it and then get on the scale again. I mean, how many times do you get to drive onto a giant scale? See, I struggle just driving through the car wash now with the big truck. Well, this I get a is little very nervous. Open. Okay. Yeah. So the last time confined. the last time the guy had to come out from inside waving his arms at the car wash and tell me Go to the right. Go to the right. And then I went to the left because oh that's how gosh. I do things. Oh, my gosh. It was I haven't been back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to find a new car wash because they know about me now. Or start doing it yourself. Yeah, because, could do yeah. that. <laughs> anyway, hauling it yourself, you know, scrap metal places. Look into that. Mission stores, thrift yeah, stores thrift will stores. actually pick up things like old furniture. I didn't realize that Salvation Army did that. I always just tried to figure out a way to get furniture there. But they will actually come and get it from you. You can schedule a time on Tuesdays in Grand Rapids and it's really simple. It's kind of like the Junk Kings where you know you just select all of your items and then schedule a time. Yeah, definitely look into it. There are ways to get our homes cleaned out a little bit and people to, to, to help do us. It, yeah, yeah, people to help us and ways to do it responsibly and maybe even make a little money in the process. Check it out. You can also check with your county websites. They might have some resources for you as well. Now, that's all the time we got. We're going to wrap it up. If you'd like to find this one again, you can check it out online at repcolite.com and make sure you're 
whatever you need to do with Instagram. What is it? Do you follow? Do you like? <laughs> All of the above. All of the above on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to tackle the trim project that we talked about, we would love to see it. Post your before and after pictures and tag us at Repcolite Paints. Yeah. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint stores are open until 3. Waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.